What up, fam? You're listening to Two Shots at the Line with Nick and Skur. I'm Skur. I'm Nick. What up? What up, what up? Uh, we missed you guys the last couple weeks, but we're back. We're better than ever, and we're ready to go. So uh, let, let's start this off right, Nick. All right, man. The games finally matter, except for the Celtics. The Celtics are 2-4 and four to start this young season with losses to the Knicks, Toronto, Washington twice. What's going on with this squad? Um, I'm not sure if they're underperforming or the other teams that they have played are overperforming because they are some pretty uh, lackluster squads. Um, but, you know, it seems like we're coming out strong in the first half and then we just don't want to finish games for whatever reason, whether that be a lot of complaining or just not working as a cohesive unit. I'm not sure. What do you think about that? It's been, it's been all over the place. You know, you look at the Knicks, you, they took everything they could handle from us. Jalen Brown dropping 46-9-6. and six. But, you know, they had Julius Randle right there with 35-8-9 right behind him. You know, and then you Fournier, Fournier, I'm sorry. Where was this last year for us? Dropping Facts. 32 against us. Yeah, and I want to I want to point out too, um, R.J. Barrett's defense in that game. Even at the first overtime, there was that first possession where he was guarding Tatum, and Tatum went to cut off to the right, and he s- recovered. When your legs are normally tired in the first overtime, um, R.J. Barrett was able to cover and defend that shot, which honestly was a good look for Tatum, but uh, the defense was just insane by Barrett. Yeah, and then I mean, coming up next, we had a bad loss to Toronto. You know, that can be excusable. We had a 2 OT loss to the Knicks, you know, and then having Toronto come in, it was our home opener. We should have looked better than we did. You know, Tatum was our best player, dropping 18, 6, and 4. He's better than that. We're better than that. They We got punked that game. Yeah, we, we did not show up. We quit as soon as the game started, it seemed like. You know, we got absolutely destroyed by Scotty effing Barnes. You know, no knock against this kid. But everyone, when he was drafted, like, Toronto, what are you doing? He's a good role player. He shouldn't be doing this. And they didn't even have Siakam. Yeah, uh, yeah, their uh, bench unit should not be cooking our starters. Um, it's it's kind of looking sad right now. I think we just need to, you know, this is a fairly new roster. You only have a few pieces left from last year um, that are on the starting unit. And we just got to work together. We'll work through this. Um, and I think we'll, you know, start winning some games here soon. It's just... Um, you know, a little personnel personnel change, and we just gotta work out the kinks. You know, I mean, I, I'm I'm hoping for that when we had the back to back wins against Houston and Charlotte, and especially the overtime win against Charlotte, because we kind of we kind of messed around for that game, and then we put it on strong, came back, brought it to OT, and we ended up beating them by 11. It was a good game, but you know, and then we go to Washington, we lose. You can say, okay, we've played three quarters of overtime already in this young season. You know, we just we lost our legs. We had a nice break in between the first Washington game and the second, where Washington had to play a game in between, and they they came out and they punked us again. They were ready to play. Montrezl Harrell, we had no answer for both games. You know, and I know once upon a time this guy was a good player, but he was a non-factor last year. The Lakers literally just said take him. Yeah, they literally were getting rid of him for pennies on the dollar. They're just like, I don't even want this guy. Get rid of him. They didn't even sign him back, but. Um, there are some good, you know, good stuff happening in the season. We got Robert Williams and Dennis Schroeder. Um, You've mentioned to me how much you really like Schroeder. Why don't you touch on that a yeah, little bit? Yeah, so Schroeder's been doing really well this season, um, especially for the contract, you know, the $5.8 million for one year. Um, that is a great contract for what he's been uh, doing for us. I know he had a kind of a dud last game uh, with six points going one for seven on shooting, but he did have nine assists, three steals, um, and only one turnover, so that's pretty huge. I mean, he wasn't scoring the ball, but he wasn't taking a lot of shots either. He, was only, he only took seven shots, um, but those nine assists, you know, he's getting the ball moving, he's getting our offense rolling. Um, but for the season, he's averaging four, 
points per game, seven assists, and four rebounds, which is, you know, for a 5.8 million player. Um, it's huge. Yeah, $5.8 million a year player. That is huge. That's not a rookie either, mind No, you. that's not a rookie. He's got some veteran presence there. He, kn- he can, you know, if we have a starter out or anything like that, he can just run the bench unit, run the starting unit. He's a great backup point guard. Um, he could even be, honestly, a starting point guard uh, for most teams. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we got him on a steal, and I'm very happy about it. No, it's funny you brought that up. You know, talk about how he could be a starting point guard. Do you think our best unit is with him starting? Or do you continue to leave it the way it is? Or do you make a slight change and put him in there with Marcus Smart? Um, so I, I do like the Smart and Schroeder lineup. It's just a little undersized. But, I mean, Smart does play bigger than, you know, his size. Um, I, I think it just depends on the matchup, honestly. Um, whoever we're playing, I think we match up appropriately. But, you know, if you want to do, like, a little pace and space, faster game you want to put Schroeder out there versus Smart you know truthfully it's tough right now because if you think about it your best lineups to close out games you got to stop and think you want Schroeder out there but you want Smart out there you can't not have Jason Tatum out there same with Jalen Brown Mm -hmm. do you keep Rob out there when he's been a monster on the boards monster blocking shots or do you put Al out there who's smart is a coach on the floor can pass the ball can block shots you know I don't want to call him Mr. Fundamentals because you know that's that's Tim, Late, that's Tim Duncan's title, but you know, the baby fundamental. Yeah, right. Mini, mini me fundamental here. Um, but no, I mean, I guess it depends on you know the unit we're playing. If it's a younger team and they're giving us a hard time, I would probably keep Robert Williams out there. Um, a little bit, of, you know, if you're playing like a Lakers, a Bucks, you know, a more well-established team, you're Bigger gonna put, team. yeah, you're gonna put a Horford out there, um, someone who knows what he's doing. But you want to also give Robert Williams those reps because. He's looking to be our starting center for long the, time. Yeah, the long term. So I mean, I I'm fine in the beginning of the season throwing him out there in close games like we've had and seeing what we can get from him. Um, and he's shown up, which is great. Absolutely. I mean, that guy, he's sneaky good. I, he doesn't do anything that makes you say wow. But if you sit there and you watch his game, we're talking about a guy who doesn't need the ball in his hands. He'll run around to do whatever you ask him to do. Mm-hmm. You try to come near the hoop with that. He's sending your shot. Three rows into the seats. Yeah, he's swatting that thing back. He's a hell of a passer, which is shocking. And for a guy who seems dumb as rocks, is a pretty intelligent basketball player. Yep. Yeah, I know the first couple of years he looked a little lost, but, I mean, it was his first couple of years in the season. Also, him and Marcus Smart have a great chemistry. Absolutely. Those lobs that Marcus Smart just throws out of nowhere and he just catches them and throws them down is just incredible. And, um, you know, he's a great rim runner in the pick, pick and roll. Um, the only thing is, is he doesn't really have much of a shot, so we are limited as far as that goes, but I mean... I gotta tell you though, I think he's got a shot. I think he just doesn't want to pull the trigger. Yeah. He, he is very talented. You can see it, you know, sometimes he gets the ball in his hands, he looks like, gosh, I take this 15-footer, and he's like, nah, I'll, I'll, I'll give it up. Yep. Yeah, he's like, uh, the analytics will get mad at me, so, uh, (laughs) I'm not gonna do that. They got all these cameras in here watching every movement I make, and... You know, I want to have a good plus minus. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, if he continues on the path he's going, you know, I, I know a lot is made about, you know, who's going to be the third star? Who's going to play next to Tatum and Brown? What could take us and put us to that next level? If he continues the progression that he's going through right now, it, it's hard to say that it, it can't be him. I mean, yeah, granted, he's not putting up numbers that are jumping off the page, but when you have two guys who are ball dominant, like Tatum and Brown, this is a guy that you would love to have as a third oh, yeah, option. Definitely. He's kind of like the uh, Dwight Howard for the Lakers where their their championship season just well, a big dude. Hopefully he's better than yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, obviously <laughs> better. But, I mean, you want a big dude who's not going to demand the ball, just going to rim run, get some blocks, play some solid defense, intimidate players when they go to the basket. 
Um, and, you know, that's all we're really looking for. We don't need another ball-dominant center or anything like that. We just need someone who's smart, mm -hmm. makes the right play, um, and plays hard defense. And um, I think we're getting that right now. That being said, with how Schroeder has looked and how Rob Williams has looked, if, say, I don't know, Minnesota calls and says, we like what you got going on there with that young point guard and that really young center, what about a package for Carl Anthony Towns? Is that something you would do, or would you rather hold on to Williams and see what you got with Schroeder? Ooh, that is tough. I mean, the Timberwolves actually haven't been playing that bad this season. Um, I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what their record is off the top of my head, but I know their games have been very competitive. Um, I think I would still do it. I'd rather have, you know, an all-star caliber. He, he, Carl Anthony Towns is still one of the best centers in the league, especially offensively. Mm -hmm. um, and then maybe we can build, you know, a more defensive unit around him because Brown does play defense. Tatum does play defense. Um, and then if he's on the Celtics, he's going to, you know, you pick up defense. If your team's playing defense, you're not going to be the only one who's not, um, especially if you're not like a, you know, superstar who's just only skill is offense. Um but I'm still thinking Bradley Beal comes here next year. You think so? Yeah. I mean, he still hasn't re-signed with the Wizards. I know they're doing well right now. There's been no complaints in Washington. But um, another thing, too, is Roy Hachimura. He's been out. He's been out. He's just been MIA from the team. Nowhere to be found. Um, I know I've heard different reports. One player, player saying that they have heard from him. Another player saying they haven't. So I'm just not sure what's going on there in Washington, period. I don't know if he doesn't want to be there or what. Um, could be just personal reasons. Could mm -hmm. be pulling a Kyrie. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure, but yeah. um, I don't know if that affects Bradley Beal's, you know, situation. I, you know, I hate to say I think bringing Spencer Dinwiddie, it hurt us. He's a good player. You know, he's low-key a really good player. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's not a superstar, but I'll be honest, I'd kill to have him on the Celtics right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's definitely a serviceable guard, and, um, you know, he plays defense. He plays hard. He can get buckets. Um, he's big, too. So, you know, it ideal situation. And he's the kind of player, too, and this kind of brings me back to what I've been liking a lot about Schroeder. You know, he is a smart player. You know, he's got more talent than Schroeder. He can do more things on the court than Schroeder can. But part of the reason why I like Schroeder out there, and especially to take over for Marcus Smart, is Marcus Smart, you know, he's been playing, had good moments this year, absolutely. But, you know, sometimes you see it, he's still got that, I'm going to make a wild play. Mm -hmm. Schroeder calms everything down. He's calm, cool, collected on the court. He's going to try to keep everybody together. He's going to try to make the smart basketball play. Exactly. Um, and, you know, I, I think that's really important. And, you know, I think that theoretically with this team, if you can get Brown and Tatum to continue to play together well, I don't know if you necessarily need another star. I mean, would you call Spencer Dinwiddie a star? Um, are we talking all-star or are we just talking just like – I'm talking like superstar in the league, like – D truthfully deserving of a max contract, like franchise builder, like Chris Paul type level. I know Chris Paul's a Hall of Famer, the point god. But yeah. you know, you know, you know what I'm trying to say, like that max contract, elite esque point guard. I don't think Spencer Dinwiddie's that. I think he's like, um, I, w I would say he's a B plus player. Yeah, and I don't think there's. I'm not trying to insult him with that. No, I actually think he's the perfect kind of player. If you could bring a guy in like that who manages the court, you know, he's not going to make a stupid pass. But he can also get you a bucket if he needs to. And, I mean, we're talking about a guy who he—it's not like he's averaging 15 points a game for his career. He can—he can go out there. Exactly. So um, it's just the injuries. I think that's what kind of his injuries have knocks him down a couple that. pegs, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I would love to have him on the Celtics. But honestly, if we just re-sign Schroeder too on a good deal, 
that would be great for the team too because like you were saying he does slow us down um you know because marcus smart will make a crazy three and then come back up the next possession and just try to shoot another like insane three he's just the ultimate heat check guy um which like i know brad stevens has given him the green light to do that but i'm not sure how udoka is um about that situation so so i got a little bit of egg on my face you know you're right. I was right. Spencer Dinwiddie wasn't a 15-point game guy for his career. He's actually a 13-point a game guy. Yeah. But in all fairness, he had some slow years there. Once he started taking shots in Brooklyn, he jumped all the way up to 12. Then we had a 17-year, a 20-year, got hurt in 2020. This year, he's averaging just under 20 points a game. Yeah. I, I mean, he's constantly around five, six re- uh, assists a game. I mean, he's a good player. You know, I, I wouldn't have paid him the contract he got. Yeah. But that being said, probably would rather give him the money than Kemba Walker. Yeah, true. And I, I mean, honestly, Dennis Schroeder is doing exactly what we wanted Kemba Walker to do. Um, maybe score a little bit more, but I think Schroeder's going to give us some of those nights where he does drop thirty. You know, it's yeah. Just, it's, it's still early in the season. His three point shooting is too streaky to be a consistent scorer like that. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the night that he's feeling it, for sure, I can't see why he couldn't be that guy mm-hmm. who puts up points sometimes. And he facilitates. He gets the ball moving. You know, he knows when to slow the game down because he is a veteran. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been around the league for a while. He's played with some great players. Mm-hmm. Um, was he on the um, Horford Hawks team that went to the? Him and Horford did play each other. I be- play with each other. I believe that was the year because that, was that Horford's last year yeah. in Atlanta. They did play together that year because if you remember, they want they got rid of Teague to make Schroeder the guy because mm-hmm. they thought Schroeder was going to be the guy they built around. That obviously yeah. didn't last long, right? But. Yeah. So I mean, there's that too. They have that little bit of chemistry, and they mm-hmm. both kind of have a good locker room presence, um, which is great. So no, absolutely. Uh, you briefly mentioned. I don't know if Coach Udoka would do this. What do you think of Coach Udoka so far? Um, you know, I think it's, for me, it's still a little too early to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the units he's been running out there are a little interesting Question, for me. Questionable. Yeah. Um, but so far, I mean, given our record, I don't think he's doing that great of a job yet. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, this is his first coaching gig. Absolutely. Um, and he does have a team that does have expectations, and he does have superstars to manage. Um, so I know it's going to be a little tough and a little rough the first, you know, probably 20 or so games. But once we get our footing, I think we'll be good. Um, because he is well-liked and he is a smart guy. You know, it's hard not to overanalyze and jump to conclusions this early in the season. You know, especially when you have this far in between games, you overanalyze every single game, every single loss, and we're forgetting it's an 82-game season. Uh, You know, I I like that he's not afraid to pull the trigger on certain moves. Like, I loved Brad Stevens. I thought he was a phenomenal coach. Same. One of the best coaches I've actually seen it in hot take. I thought I thought he was better coach than Doc Rivers. Mm-hmm. You know, Doc Rivers was really an, an okay coach for us. Nothing special until he got the big three. Yeah. And he couldn't get out of here fast enough when we decided to dismantle that team. Yeah. And because he didn't, he wanted nothing to do with rebuilding. Brad Stevens came in and coached us up to the point where it's too good to get a number one overall pick. Yeah. So. I, I mean, I think Stevens was just a great coach. Yeah, obviously, you know, the whole G. Willikers, he, he's a white guy in a sport that's of people of color. So it's it's kind of a hard fit, especially when he didn't play the game. And a lot of these players respect former players. And, you know, when we brought in Udoka, I thought it was going to be a... I thought it was going to be a lot better of a situation so far than this. Uh, he's done a good job, and he hasn't held back. He's been calling his players out for sure. And someone like Jalen Brown is actually, you know, he's come out and said he's not lying. Everything he's saying is accurate. So that part's nice and refreshing. But part of me wonders, and, uh, I mean, I look at someone like, uh, could you have gotten Juan Howard out of 
uh, what is it, Michigan, I believe he's yeah, at Michigan, now? Michigan, yeah. Could you have gotten him out? Because you're talking about a, a very good player who has this coaching experience. Would he have been able to get more out of this team? That's the second guess. Then again, he probably didn't want to leave Michigan. Yeah. Um, and then you have um, Chauncey Billups. I We talked about this at the time. I was big on Chauncey Billups because I thought the Celtics needed to find a guy that knew how to remind people but what it meant to play for the Celtics. Mm-hmm. That that kind of tradition, history, the all the things that made this team amazing to play for, it's been lost over the years. You know, everyone just remembers about how we're bad and how now, like I said, we mentioned in the first episode that, you know, it's a racist town. And, you know, it's one of those things. It's like once upon a time, people loved us. You know, we had history here. Players wanted to come here because they looked up into those stands and saw saw those fans. banners. And, and, you know, every single game felt like a playoff game. And, you know, over the years, we've kind of lost that luster. I don't know if it's a combination of losing and whatnot, but, you know, we never kind of got that mystique back. And I thought bringing in a guy like Chauncey Billups, which I know that he really didn't have a great tenure here. Yeah. But, I mean, we're talking about a Hall of Fame player who who has executive experience. Granted, not very long, but still executive experience. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, now he's a he's head coach, and he has a year of being an assistant coach, so it's not like we're plucking this guy out of nowhere. Right. I, I thought that would have been a better fit, personally. But, you know, I'm, I'm willing to give Udoka more time. I mean, obviously, you kind of have to. They're not going to be a one and done on this guy. No, but. definitely not. Um, I mean, I'll, I bet they'll probably give him, you know, at least three years. Um, but back to Jawan Howard, like you were saying, he also played um, in – or not played. He coached in Miami with Spolstra, yep. with the LeBron teams. Um, he's always been, like, around a winning culture, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is huge, which would be great to bring. But Udoka also comes from the Spurs family, so – um, there's winning culture there as well. So the only just... thing with Udoka with that culture thing, not to cut you off, I'm sorry, no, is good. that you know, yeah, while he was on the Spurs with that winning culture, he also went to the Seventy Sixers, which was a cesspool under Brett Brown, mm-hmm. and then he spent last year with the Nets team that was full of divas and everything like that. Which, I mean, at the end of the day, they came up short. I know they had some injuries and other things going on, but regardless, they still came up short. So. Uh, I'm hoping that this is just a early season blunder that we're going to be able to get this back on track. We're going to be able to actually start winning some games in a row and make this a better product. But, you know, I don't want to get my hopes up too high. Yeah, and honestly, um, all the teams that we've been playing, though, have been really competitive and surprising me. I mean, Charlotte, Washington. um, I know we haven't played the Bulls yet, but... Yeah, the um, Bulls are tonight. Um, So, Uh, hopefully... I mean, they're a big mid-range game kind of team with yeah, uh, DeMar yeah, and Zach Levine. I'm not going to lie. I'm not a big Zach Levine guy. Can he put up points in a hurry? Absolutely. But his defense, to me, doesn't really mean much. I think he's kind of overrated in that aspect. And I, I think, personally, I think our player, I think Tatum and Brown should be, be able to bully him. Yeah. And if we run a big lineup, I don't see any reason why Tatum couldn't overpower DeRozan. I, and I love DeRozan. I think he's a phenomenal player, but... I think Tatum is just a lot bigger than him. I mm-hmm. think he should be able to bully him around, get to where he needs to. DeRozan shouldn't be getting to the cup easy. No. Let me ask you, though. DeRozan, Hall of Fame player? Ah, DeRozan is tough because DeRozan, to me, is one of those guys where he is a cornerstone player. I mean, if you think back on the Toronto Raptors, there's two guys who truthfully come to mind for me off the top of my head is Vince Carter and mm-hmm. DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan spent 
up until he got traded to the Spurs, he was so loyal to that team. He he didn't care that they were losing. Yeah, obviously, he wanted to win. Everybody wants to win. But, you know, the Toronto Raptors were his home. He loved that squad. He would have done anything for that. And then, you know, Kyle Lowry came in. Him and Lowry became the face of that organization. Were they kind of like the tough luck losers? Yeah. And every single year, they'd collapse? Yeah, and, you know, I can't really fault their president. I'm drawing a blank on his name now. Um, I know he came from the Denver Nuggets organization. Uh, Masai Ujiri. Masai Ujiri, yeah. Yeah, he he did a great job, and, you know, it took a lot of balls to make that trade. You know, he gave up the future and the present, really, for one run. Yep. Um, And I've been hearing rumors that Kawhi regrets leaving Toronto. Which I believe. Cause... I, I don't know why he ever left. Like, I get going to L.A. He's from L.A., from Inglewood, you know, and the Clippers. You know, he didn't want to go play for the Lakers. He wanted to play for the Clippers. Little brother. He didn't want the spotlight on him because that's not Kawhi's M.O. No. Kawhi likes the laid back. And there's nothing wrong with that. You can actually kind of respect that a little bit. Right. So. Um, but, yeah, I think, honestly, I think DeRozan makes it to the Hall of Fame. I, I hope so. I mean, yeah. the Basketball Hall of Fame seems to, it lets a lot more people in, in my opinion. Um, there's definitely been some people who, in my opinion, have been borderline. Yeah, there's a couple questionable uh, but in there, but it, it's hard to not say he deserves to. I mean, the guy's made all-star teams. He put he's averaged twenty points numerous times, and it's not like a flash in the pan kind of player. Um, he's been a consistent player. You know, he just kind of when he went to San Antonio. San Antonio is more of a we not me organization. Yeah. So while he was still having decent years, he wasn't getting the spotlight that he got in Toronto because he was the guy in Toronto. That team went as far as DeRozan took them. You know, I, I'll be honest, hindsight, they're probably kicking themselves in the ass in the sense that, yeah, they won a chip with Kawhi, and that was the first in franchise history, but look at them now. They plummeted. If they still had DeRozan, they could have still had Lowry. He's got Van Fleet. Uh, you know, you have Siakam. Siakam. I, and I've been telling you for, uh, well, for a while now, I love Siakam. My only issue with him, I don't think he's a one. I think he's probably a two or three option, yeah, most likely exactly. a three on a good team. Yeah. And, and that's not a knock. It's just he, he plays better when the attention's not on him. He's not the guy that's going to ISO you and drop 30 every night. That's not his game. Mm-hmm. He's the kind of guy where, okay, you guys want to double up uh, Kawhi, Kawhi or, or anything? I'll, I'm going to eat. Yep. So That's why he did so well in that championship year, and that's why he got that contract is exactly. because there was not much attention on him. Um, so back to the DeRozan thing. I think if he breaks the twenty thousand point mark, I think he's a Hall of Famer. Okay. He's, he's around eighteen thousand right now. He's gonna break um, it. Yeah. He's not. I mean, he's got two thousand more points. He's got what three years on this deal, the Bulls deal, three uh, or four. Three or four. But yeah. he's not going. I don't think this is his last contract either. Yeah. He's he's the kind of player. His kind of game that lasts. Yeah. Because he's not. It's not based just off athleticism. Can no, he get, skill. He can get up there and throw it down if he has to. But he's a mid range. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut in and out and I'm gonna hit you. Yep. He's but, gonna do the Jimmy jabs and he's gonna. Uh, just get some buckets. Which, so, so I think yeah, that's my thing is if he makes you know, twenty thousand points, most likely be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I mean, I would love it for the guy. I know he's talked about struggling with mental health problems, and you know that's the kind of success story you like to see. Exactly. Truthfully, I would love to see him go back to Toronto after this contract with the Bulls is up, and I want to see him retire a Raptor. Yeah. That's an organization that you know it hasn't had a lot of loyalty. And it's hard when you're trying to win to be loyal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm sure Toronto didn't want to trade DeRozan. No. That must have killed them yeah. to trade DeRozan. But, you know, they looked at it and said, we haven't won a, a championship in franchise history here. We've come close so many times and we keep falling short. We need to make that move and that puts us over the edge. And hopefully we can convince this superstar to stay here. It didn't work. But you know what? You got the ring out of it. And that's exactly. really, at the end of the day, 
it kind of put Toronto on the map a little bit, you know, small exclamation point, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Lower, lowercase m on map. Yeah, exactly. Um, so while we're on the subject of the Bulls, um, so there's a few teams that I want to bring up um, and their current record right now and how well they're doing. So we got Charlotte, which we kind of touched upon, the Bulls, the Wizards, who we also touched upon, the Jazz, and the Warriors. Out of those, who surprises you the most? I don't – probably the Wizards. Yeah. Uh, the Jazz don't surprise me with Donovan Mitchell. That guy's a dog. Uh, and then Gobert is a monster down low with his height and shot blocking ability. It's not like uh, you know I was a big Taco Fall fan. I, we talked about that last week's episode. Um, my favorite thing about Rudy Gobert is that not only is he over seven feet tall, he can move, he can block shots. Like he's a he can play basketball. Mm-hmm. He's a basketball player, not just a tall guy. They stick out there. Yep, exactly. Um, and Donovan Mitchell, like I said, that guy is almost like an instant bucket. Yep. Um, I I would love to see him in green. Let me just leave yeah, it at that. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, the Bulls, like I said, they're not surprising to me because when that team was put together, I said, wow, that's a pretty interesting squad because Lonzo Ball is a hell of a defender, one of the better passers in the league, and he can, sh- he can make down an open three. Yeah. Uh, DeMar DeRozan is in, is in and out game. You know, he can knock open a wide open three if he has to, but he's more of that 15-footer. The whole point of the game is spacing the floor, man. If you can get Lonzo sitting on the three line, you got Levine on the three line. Don't forget about Levine. He's their all-star, yep. superstar. Man, he can take it to the cup. Yeah, and now you have DeMar who can play in and out a little bit. Um, I'm drawing a blank on their power forward. I think it was Patrick Williams. Yep. Uh, he's out for the regular season, though. That was, that was a big loss. Mm-hmm. I've seen some people compare him to Kawhi. I wouldn't go that far on him, but, you know, good player. And then uh, with Vucevic at the center, not a shot blocker, but he can rebound. He, he gets can. You some points. Oh yeah, he's gonna put up the points. Yep. So that that's a good squad. Yeah. Um, Charlotte is an interesting team to me. They are gonna fade. Uh, next year is where I'm scared about the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, Lamelo Ball is an absolute superstar. Oh my god, yeah. Uh, and he's the kind of super. Honestly, this is gonna. He, to me, he reminds me of Chris Paul. He's that guy. He he's not gonna put up thirty points a game every night. He doesn't have to. No. Uh, he can. He can make winning plays, though. He, I mean, that he is, he's always, in my opinion, two steps ahead of a defender. Mm-hmm. He's making beautiful passes that were like, oh, crap, I didn't even see that play. Yeah. Uh, he can knock down the deep threes like Lillard Curry style. If he uh, Sometimes he misses. He's a little erratic, but, you know, that happens. He's, he's young. a second-year player. Exactly. Um, I, I, I was very shocked at how good this kid is. Yeah. And now you're pairing him with someone like Miles Bridges, who is... He's knocking down threes now. Mm-hmm. Forget about it. And Scary Terry has been playing. He's gotten better each season. I haven't seen what he's doing this year. I haven't. So the Celtics game against Charlotte, Terry was out, so I didn't get to watch the two of them together. Yeah. Um, in my head, I'm picturing it being clunky, but, you know, they were winning. Yep. Um, I, I don't like the fit of Gordon Hayward on that team, I'll be no, honest. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. But um, out of those teams, for me, the Warriors are the most surprising right now. Um, I know Steph Curry is going to win you some games, but, I mean, there's literally no one. He's playing with a bunch of role players. Well, he, he's an absolute dog right now. He's fighting and scrapping for every single basket He because he's trying to get this team in a position where they have such a good record by the time Clay gets back. That they can just, like, chill. It's going to be pressure-free on him. They don't want to – and honestly, this, this is the kind of stuff that makes me like Steph Curry again because he knows that he needs to carry this team. Mm-hmm. And being able to carry the team like he is right now is—it's only going to make Clay's life easier when he gets back because you want to put pressure on Clay. No, you want to ease him back into not, the not this season. I mean, he's missed the last two years of basketball because of horrendous injuries. So you, you gotta when you put him out there, you gotta ease him because the KD t- approach. If we're talking about a team that is 
fighting to get into the playoff, you're going to be tempted to play him. Yeah. So, and you're going to be tempted to play him a lot of minutes. Exactly. You're going to have to eat. This is going to be a year. I think, he, will he start, I think, maybe when the playoffs come? But I wouldn't be surprised if he comes off the bench most yeah, of the year. I, I, and like a 15, 20 to minute a night guy. I mean, the guy still at his worst is a 3 and D guy. Exactly. So. And um, so, did you see his Halloween costume where he dressed up as Larry Legend? I did not oh, see that. Hilarious. I know. Yeah, he was doing the, like behind the back dribble just like adding a little swag to it it was amazing i know he's real sour about not making that uh all 75 team yeah he is um, but that being said you know i don't I, he missed the last two seasons if he played the last two seasons he's no way he's not on that team. oh for sure so uh, if they would have won that chip too against the raptors i think he'd be on that team no, and the nba no 100 year team he's gonna be uh, on that team if he plays again yeah. you know he doesn't have anything to worry about he's gonna go down as one of the better players of mm-hmm. all time he just and injuries at the bad time. I'm just gonna throw this out now. My MVP prediction for this year: Steph Curry. Really? Throwing it out right okay. now. Okay. Yep. He's gonna carry this team. I mean, they made it to the play-in tournament last year with nothing. The players on their team were playing worse than they are this year. Yeah. I think they're gonna be a top five seed in the West, and it's gonna be all on Steph Curry's back throughout this whole season. He's gonna be cooking people. I mean, he draws three, four defenders, can find the open dude, and they're making shots on his team. They're knocking him down. So. Um, you know, it's just crazy impressive. And then we're just going to – I'm just going to segue myself into this, but um, we are going to talk about, you know, every three episodes or so, uh, we're going to do Skurs Spur of the Moment segment. Um, might be five minutes, might be one minute. Who knows? I'm just going to start talking about the Spurs every three episodes. And um, right now I just want to talk about DeJounte Murray. DeJounte Murray. I actually – I've heard rumors about the Celtics should take a look at him. Oh, man, that dude has been balling. And um, – I got some stats here for the season. Um, he's averaging 23 points a game, five rebounds, nine assists, three steals. Um, I mean, the dude is balling. I mean, the Spurs aren't doing that well right now, but they have a really good young team, and uh, the future's looking bright for them. And they, they need they need a they need a stud minus a point guard point guard. I'm sorry, uh, Chris Paul in my mind. Uh, you know, <laughs> I think the issue is that you you know you can't win with just a point guard in the NBA anymore. Everyone's too big. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I remember a few years ago at the Celtics when we were relying on Kyrie, and he got swallowed up by those tall trees in Milwaukee. Yeah, especially in the playoffs. Yeah. Play. I mean, look at Memphis with my man Ja. You, you, you need some help, and uh, he's got a little bit of it this year. Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, I think, uh, no, they brought in uh, Adams is there now. They yeah, got rid Steven of Adams. Yeah, he's just throwing. Did you see that lobby threw him to him the other I, day? I missed and that, no. He literally turned around and was just running back. Like, he knew that it was going I in. love the Steven Adams oh, right man, there. He but cuts the defense. Let's, let's get back to the Spurs. I, I mean, I'm, I'm a big Murray fan. He's been kind of a bad bad luck guy the last few years. Yeah. He's been hurt. Yeah, he's uh, but he's playing really well this season. Pirtle's been doing really well. Um, I loved him coming out of yeah. Toronto. I love that name, too. Jakob Pirtle? Pirtle. I thought, I thought he was going to be Yacom. the steal in that trade. Uh, he, he hasn't really lived up to the hype too, too much because that kind of center, I think, is extinct. But he's been playing yeah, pretty well. he's been well. playing really well. Pop can, you know, make anything work. Yeah, Pop um, is one of the best. Derek White, been playing really good. Um... I know they're only two and four, but they are young, and I think they're going to start really turning this. Similar to the Celtics, they're going to start turning around, grinding out some Ws. They're playing in the Western Conference, though. It's tough when you're a young team. Yeah, I'll say their two and four is I think is different than our two and four. Almost just to echo what you just said, the the West is. I mean, the East has gotten better. The East yeah, gets the knocked. East is crazy this year. Everyone knocks the East for being the East, but you know, there's been a lot of squads that evolves and turned it up, and the West has a lot of duds in that in that side. But. Yeah, but the East. I mean, you got. 
You got New York, both New York teams now. Oh, my God, um, yeah. You got Atlanta, who's been playing really well. Charlotte, who's been playing really well. The Wizards, I mean, I don't know if the Wizards are sustainable, so we'll toss them out to the side, but the Bulls have been playing really well. Philly, obviously. You got Celtics. You got the Heat, who have also been playing really well. Oh, my well. God, the Heat, the Heat look like dogs yeah, right now. Yeah, I, honestly, they could be a Eastern Conference final contender, I've I'll say. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it will depend on if Tyler Hero can keep it up. But if Tyler Hero if can still be the guy he is right now, yeah. same Duncan Robinson, same thing. I mm-hmm. mean, if those guys can continue to contribute and you still have Lowry and Jimmy Butler, who are two amazing leaders, and Bam, who is an athletic freak at the center. Yeah, I love the Butler-Lowry connection right now. They're they're both, you know, they, they fit perfectly together. Absolutely. I, I just... I don't know why that didn't happen earlier in life. I would love if the Spurs <laughs> got back together, though, to be honest. Uh, and when I say got back together, I mean, like, start to put it together and start winning again. Mm-hmm. I, I'm. It's hard not to love Pop. It's you true. Know, he, is, he loves his players. I know he's gotten a rap over the years of not necessarily being a players guy. But um, in the sense that, you know, he's kind of a, a hard ass But, you know, the last few years, he's really – he's come to the he's forefront of this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I I can't. I gotta. You gotta love the guy. Mm-hmm. You, you can't hate Greg Popovich. No, Hall of Fame coach. <laughs> the best coach of all time. Yep. I'm sorry. You know, being from the Boston, it's hard to say anyone's better than Red, but best coach of all time. Longest longest tenured coach in the NBA right now. Um, but yeah, that's it for my Spurs spur of the moment segment. Um, anything else you want to touch upon? Um, I do want to touch on my favorite coach in the NBA right now. Uh, Kind of off the cuff. I didn't talk to you about this yet. I just kind of was looking around. Tom fucking Thibodeau. (laughs) I haven't cussed all show pretty much. Tom fucking Thibodeau. This is a guy, you know. Former Celtics guy. Former Celtics guy. um, Was here with the big three. A lot of the big three credited him to why they played such good defense. This guy got such a bad rap in the league. He took a Chicago team and made them into winners. Did they win the whole thing? No. A lot of that had to do with Derrick Rose. And, you know, did he maybe he push his players too hard and that kind of affected Derrick? Sure. You know, he's a grinder. He Mm -hmm. puts his players to the ringer out there. And he, he, he messed up. He got his star player hurt, and that's when everything went off the rails. And, you know, but, you know, coaches do that. They take time to learn. That was his first, I think, believe that was his first head coaching stop. Yep, it um, was. You know, usually I look this stuff up, but, you know, it was kind of a last-second idea. Oh, no worries. But, you know, Minnesota was awful. But, honestly, I look at Minnesota as a bunch of young players who didn't have their heads screwed on straight. But he did bring them to the playoffs for the he first did. time. He did. He did. You so, know, he did a good job with them. Um, it's just, the Minnesota's, like, it. When has Minnesota been good, really? Like, you know. Well, they were they were good with Garnett. They, yeah, they were but, in the playoffs with Garnett a few times. I know, but, like, in general, like, Minnesota's never had a quality team that's going to even be in playoff contention, unfortunately. No. Like, I. They're not a destination. I, I love Minnesota, like, as a team, and, like, not not so much the organization. Oh, well, they've done some changes now in the that organization. That new ownership, yeah. A-Rod. Yeah, but, um, you know, I do like, like, the, the brand of the team, the Timberwolves. I like their colors. You know, I like, you know, the team in general. It's a cool name, Timberwolves. Um, but I've always wanted to see them do well. I've liked them when KG was there, and then he came to the Celtics. It's um, fun seeing the teams that have never won anything win something. Mm-hmm. That's, that's why, I, deep down, I always always pulled, I always pulled for the Raptors, and now that they've won, you know, I've kind of got to move them along now. I'm, I'm looking at the Grizzlies. Yeah, you know? I was just thinking that exact same thing. I was like, I would love to see the Grizzlies. But, you know, I'm looking at you know what Thibodeau has done for the Knicks. He got crucified when he got that job. It was, oh, you're hiring a, another retread. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a white coach when you should be hiring a black coach. And that was, that was the whole narrative. And no one stopped to look at what he's done when he's gone to these places. 
and this squad is playing good basketball. He got Julius Randle, who was an enigma in the league. He was everyone thought he was a role player. Mm-hmm. He's got this guy turning into an MVP candidate. He was an all-star. I, I mean, going against us, like I said, he almost put up a triple-double, 35-8-9. The guy is a monster. Can he be your number one option? No, because... He's too limited in his game. It's not like he is. I, I think truly the only people in this league that can carry your team to championships are two or three guards. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I mean I don't think Embiid without a better two or three will Embiid ever win a chip. But bad this season too. Um, but yeah, I, I think Randall. If he, this is why I like. I don't want to hope that Kemba Walker plays well, but if Kemba Walker plays well and can take some of that pressure off of Julius Randall. That's going to be a scary, scary team. Mm-hmm. And if Mitchell Robinson stays healthy too, this guy is over seven feet tall, is a shot blocking monster. Yeah. Boards, got it. What's Ariana Grande saw it? I want it. I got it. You know, yeah, the guy, the guy's awful. Yeah, I'm not. He, he's a monster on the boards. But you know, that's all we got for today, guys. You know, again, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we're gonna have episode four in a much t- or a timely manner for you guys. Again, two shots on the line with Nick and Scare. I'm Nick. I'm Skur, and uh, keep an eye out for our Instagram. That'll be popping up here soon. It's going to be two shots at the line. I uh, would appreciate you if you guys gave us a follow and a like, and uh, maybe do some uh, spread the love. You know, yeah, tell absolutely. your friends about absolutely. us. Absolutely, you know, send us some DMs. You know, let us know what you think of the show so far. Any improvements? Anything you might want us to talk about? Hit on it, and you know, we'll see what we can do and throw it in there. Again, right. thanks for joining us, guys. Peace.